What's up, guys? I sat down this week for a morning meeting with San Diego Fire Battalion Chief Alan Arrilato. In his 30-plus years of experience, both out on the floor as president of Local 145 and president of the San Diego City Employees Retirement System, he's seen a lot. He's used his experience to minimize his downside risk while looking for opportunities along the way. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hey, Alan, welcome to the bullpen. Thanks for meeting me. Hey, Kyle. Good, good, good to be here. Thanks for having me. I've seen a couple of these things already. It's a, it's a great thing you got going on here. Uh, and I'm honored to be on here. Oh, well, I appreciate you saying that. Um, hopefully, guys are getting some uh, quality information out of it. And uh, I'm excited to, to have you here because I know you got a lot of uh, great information for to share with all the all the folks out there. So thank you. Um, well, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, you bet. So your normal job as a supervisor in our dispatch, um, how have you how have you seen things change with all, all that's been going on recently? Oh boy, you know, uh, um, being the, the command battalion chief up at ECDC, um, I, my job is to keep eyes on the whole zone, not just the city of San Diego, right? So all the other agencies within the metro zone. And uh, it's been fascinating to watch, uh, watch things evolve, right? From when we first shut down and how slow things began and how things slowly started to pick back up. And uh, one of the metrics that I use um, oddly enough, is because right there near the freeway is the amount of cars on the freeway on 163 going by ECDC. And uh, there's a direct correlation to the amount of cars on the road to our increase in call volume. It's, it's kind of odd the way that works, but more people out, more calls. Yeah. And, and so um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting how we move forward um, in this unknown event. Right? We don't know where we're going. We have no idea how this is going to end up or how long it's going to go. So. Um, yeah, we're all a little scary. Kinda, yeah, for sure. We're all kind of getting used to a new normal here. But, uh, you know, part and part of the new normal is, is right. having conversations like this. I'd much prefer to do this in person. But um, this is one of those ways we're going to have to adapt. And I think that's the case just for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't even know what a Zoom meeting was two months ago. Yeah, right. I think and, and now I, I feel like I live on these things. Yeah, yeah, now you're a veteran. Yeah, yeah. We actually have our fire dispatch supervisor meetings. Uh, on teams, by the way, and, you know, we, we do video conferencing, we meet with them every month. Yep. And so there's 10 or 15 people on there. So it's just, it's just telecommuting and Zoom meetings and Microsoft Teams and all that stuff. It's just, I think it's here to stay. It's how we're going to do business from now on. No, so do I. Well, cool. You ready to get this thing going? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's all do right, it. cool. So uh, I don't have to explain to our uh, chief in dispatch what a first alarm is on the fire department but here at the firehouse our first alarm is i'll ask you four questions you give us one piece of advice sound good yeah sounds good all right good. Cool. so here goes your first alarm well you are first in on your first alarm so i need a size up and that's who you are where you work and how long you've been doing it uh okay well uh thanks for having me i'm alan arrolato uh i've been with the san diego fire department for uh coming up on 32 years uh, in July. So um, before that, uh, I did some time as a seasonal firefighter back in the uh, early mid 80s and came to work for the city in 1988. Um, I, I think I've had a great career. It's been phenomenal. Um, I went past my dreams 10 or 15 years ago um, to where I am now, where I thought I dreamed I would be when I joined the fire department. Um, but nine years as a firefighter, um, six years as an engineer, 13 years as a captain. Um, and now BC for uh, coming up on four years. Um, spent some time on USAR, got to travel around, got to go to Katrina, uh, an amazing challenge, a difficult time. Um, learned a lot about myself, learned a lot about emergency response and uh, working in harsh conditions. Um, and then I, after that, uh, went back, came back and got out of the USAR a little bit, slowed down, 
and then uh, was at Station 11 for about seven years. And then after that, I, I went on the union board in 2008. Spent about uh, nine years on the union board, um, three years as the president in 2014, 2017. And in that same window of time frame, I was actually on the San Diego City Employees Retirement System Board, of which I chaired the uh, disability committee for several years, sat on an investment committee for several years, and then spent two years as a vice president and two years as the president of the San Diego City Employees Retirement System, which I think today is about a $9 billion trust fund. At the time, we were coming right out of the recession in 2009 in pension reform, and I was there when uh, the, the state passed the Public Employees Pension Reform Act and HEPRA and implementing those types of things. And so it was, it was, it was quite a challenging time um, coming out of the recession. Yeah, no, uh, I, I was around back then too, and I, I do remember um, how hard it was for our folks. And, and what is concerning for me is I'm seeing a lot of the same sort of things while it, it's something different that caused um, the economy to struggle now I'm seeing a lot of parallels what do you think about that well I, I if people have been around me they probably heard me use this analogy right working for the fire department is like we're riding a merry-go-round right we just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again um, sometimes when you go around you're on the horse sometimes you're on the draft sometimes you get the brass ring when you go by but uh, working for the fire department for all these years I've come to realize that uh, um, we keep doing the same thing over and over again. A lot of it's tied to the economic cy economic cycle. Um, some of it's tied to um, fire chiefs coming in and out. I've had eight fire chiefs in my career. Um, um, policies come and go, ideas come and go. Um, and I guess with 32 years on, I'm not seeing a ton of new ideas, but I'm seeing variations of old ideas at this point. Um, and so once you once you get used to that riding that merry around, you can start anticipating a lot of these things. And so our current climate, I mean, we, we are not recession-proof in the fire department. So if a recession hits, we feel it in the fire department. Now, fortunate for us, we don't feel it as harshly as the general public, um, but we still feel it. And it's hard on a lot of families in the fire department um, when the recession, when recessions hit. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I do remember uh, 09, 2010, a lot of our members struggling badly and, and losing their houses and, and it was just horrible right um, and that's what i'm fearful of in the coming months and years as this thing progresses because we don't we don't really know we, we have no uh historical perspective on a pandemic and and so while i agree um right it does feel like a merry-go-round this one this one feels different and, and you know part of not exactly knowing uh how to fight your enemy is is a discomforting thing and um, I just hope right. that we, we, we come out of it um, in one piece. Yeah. So, so you know, there's a lot of things that cause recessions, right? This is this time it's a pandemic. Um, you know, last time it was a credit crunch, um, the tech boom, the tech bust, right? Uh, right around September 11th. Um, um, we had a recession. We've had several through my career. We had one in the, in the uh, early 90s that was fairly severe that we, we went on a hiring freeze for like four or five years in the same fire department. Uh, we didn't hire anybody for like four or five years in the early 90s. So, um, so like I said, we, we, the cause of the recession, I'm sure will vary over the, over the decades. But in terms of firefighters and finance, um, what I've learned over the years, you've got to be prepared, right? It's not always going to be the way, it's, the way it feels. You can't always plan on that constant flow of overtime or your specialty station being there or your station being there at all. 
your engine being there at all. Um, right. And so things change and things change rapidly. So we have to, yeah, we we have to prepare that. for that as firefighters. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, we felt that with the brownouts um, on our own job. And um, I, right. I, never, I never imagined that they would shut down engines. And uh, I, I distinctly remember, and I, I don't think I'll ever forget the day I heard that it was happening. Um, yeah when reality set in like that but right. so uh, along those same lines um based on your time with the sd sirs board how how did all that shape your and two just growing up in the fire service over the last 32 years how has all that shaped your investing philosophy how um what what sort of things are you looking at to um to help make sure that you're gonna you're gonna have a happy retirement well, uh, you know, it's interesting you ask that question because there's so many things going back to my uh, years of service and how I handle my money now relative to how I handled it 25 or 30 years ago. Um, and an SD SIRS experience just really honed my skill set when it comes to managing the money and making decisions on how to invest. But prior to that, uh, um, I made a lot of the same decisions that a lot of our young firefighters made. Right. And I put money into depreciating assets. And I mean, like buying cars and boats and motorcycles and jet skis, and those types of things. Those are all fun. And I'm not saying you should do that. Um, but you have to be very cautious about when you park your money in a depre depreciating asset. Can you just um, explain the so, difference between an appreciating asset and a depreciating asset for people that don't know? Yeah, sure. Uh, simple enough. Um, you put your money into it, whether you buy something and the value goes up or the value goes down. Right. And when you put your money in, into things where the value goes down, that's a depreciating asset. Um, and so hopefully the usefulness you get out of that is worth the value of that depreciation over that time frame. Um, and so you need to be cognizant of that. Um, it, it, so for me personally, um, I buy I buy car. When I, the car I have now, it's a 2003. And I when I buy cars, I don't buy very many of them, but I learned many, many years ago. Um, buy a car, maintain it, and keep it for a very, very long time. And that's the only way to get your, for me personally, I don't like spending a lot of money on cars, car payments, car insurance, registration, that type of stuff. Um, and so um, the car I drive is 17 years old, and I own it, and it's cheap, and it's, it's not depreciating anymore, but it did. Um, but the only way to get my value out of it is to drive it a long time. Yeah. Um, versus well, putting money into a house, making extra payments on my mortgage. Right. That's putting money into it, my appreciating asset over the long term. So something that gains value over time versus something that loses it immediately. Um, yes. I, I read somewhere that the, the moment you drive a car off the lot, it automatically decreases in value some 40 percent or something like that. It's, oh, uh, it's ridiculous. It's incredible. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Makes me want to buy some automotive stock now. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Maybe yeah. It's, it's all pretty dirt cheap right now. The valuations on the, the automakers are pretty low. That's right. So will they come back or not come back? I don't know. I yeah. can be on the other side of that equation. Uh, with your time on the SD service board, did they, did you come there already knowing um, a substantial amount about investment? Did they, did they give you any training? Or? Yeah, I, I had, I had a base knowledge, right? I, I understood the stock market. I understood bonds. I had, I had the fundamental basics, but I will tell you um, in the first couple of years there, it was challenging. There's a language spoken in the investment world. And anybody who watches any time watching uh, CNBC or the business channels, um, well, it, it's, it's a jargon. It's, it's like a civilian listening to a bunch of firefighters talk, right? We speak a language that firefighters speak that when we're around civilians, they have no idea what we're talking about. So learning to speak that language um, 
was probably my biggest challenge there. And so the way I overcame that was fortunately for, for me, um, because of the fiduciary duty that I have over that giant trust fund is um, I went to training in the, in the system, in the members, and the system paid for me to go to that training. And so I got to go through some incredible, incredible stuff at Wharton, some incredible classes at Stanford, executive education on portfolio theory and building a portfolio and investments, how to, how to uh, uh, understand risk and standard deviations and, and, and markets and, and capital markets. And it was, it was an incredible amount of training and knowledge. So now, now I'm able to actually sit and analyze my own portfolio with a lot of the same techniques and things I learned over at SDSERS. What would you say was the biggest eye opener for you, other than the fact that you were trying to learn this new new language? Um, understanding the risks, right? So many people look at their investments from a perspective of what can I gain, what can I return, how much money am I going to make, but they fail to properly analyze the risks that they're taking, right? And that's where a lot of people I think, and I've seen fire happens to firefighters unfortunately so many times where they take risks with their money that uh, don't truly understand the risks that they're taking and then end up with a very painful experience in the end. And, yeah, uh, that's, and I find that so ironic because I, I have similar experience and we're coming from a profession where we, we you know, I, I talk about it in terms of like a, a ropes and knots system. Like we, we mm -hmm. set up this really elaborate system to protect ourselves. And not only is that, you know, a, 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 an eight plate, rated uh, thousands and thousands of pounds before it'll break. But not only do we have that in place, we also have a backup system, a belay system in place. Um, right. But then when it comes to, to some of the investment decisions that we make as a group, um, we, not only do we not have a, a strong aid plate, we don't have a belay system at all. And, and no. for me, no. the, the amount of risk I see people taking as well is, is alarming. And, but I think some of that is right. the fact that they just don't know. They just don't know. They hear right. somebody talking about it and they think, oh, that's, that's probably a great idea. And then they just go invest blindly. And, and what we're doing here at the firehouse is trying to just prevent some of that. Right. So, th so the first thing I look at before I invest is what are my risks, right? The return will come and, and there is a correlation between risk and return. And so I, I always want to make at least make sure that they're commensurate for me. I'm comfortable with the risks I'm taking and the returns I'm going to get. Um, and so what I found about myself is I truly don't, I, I, I do, I have somebody in the stock market and I own some individual stocks, but I find myself shying away from the high fly growth stocks, even though, you know, you know Amazon, and Facebook, and a lot of those companies, they make the, the stock price, you can make a lot of money in the stock price. But to me, if a company does, me personally, this is my investment philosophy, if a company doesn't pay a dividend, doesn't pay a profit, um, it, I, I stop looking at it. I, I really want to look to a company that's established themselves, that can make money, that turns a profit, that creates a dividend for its investors, and I'm not solely relying upon the price appreciation um, to make money. Um, and so I, I find myself in, a, in, in big blue chips um, that have some growth potential, um, especially now because valuations are really depressed right now. Uh, individual companies. Some would say the overall market is valuations a little high right now, but you can find some deals out there in companies. Um, and, and so I, I find myself churning some of my investments and rebuying some of those things at the lower prices, that, which increase my dividend yield and still maintain a, a, a comfortable risk profile in my portfolio. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And so I, I think that all ties in 
to a piece I put on our uh, Instagram account yesterday about asset allocation and just yeah. what, how your risk profile will determine what your asset allocation is. And um, I think you're Absolutely. right. Everybody's a little bit different. And part of it is figuring out what sort of risk you're willing to tolerate based on the rewards that you want to see to accomplish the goals that you're setting out for yourself. And, and right. it takes time to think about it. It takes time discussing it. Um, you're not going to just come up with this stuff on your own. And if you, if you have come up with it on your own, well, that's when you, you see a lot of folks running into problems. But um, right. I guess why, when did you become passionate about investing in, and why do you think it's important for uh, firefighters in general? So uh, um, boy, when did I become passionate about it? Um, I've always had a desire, right? I've always played a little bit. I've always had a deferred comp account, right? I've always managed my deferred comp account. I've always had my 401k, that type of thing. So I've always monitored my investments and monitored my, my, my um, contribution accounts um, from that perspective. And it wasn't until, you know, the last decade or so, I actually had taxable money where I was investing in the stock market with taxable money. And so, um, and one of the things that got me into the, that taxable side was because I realized that all of my retirement income was going to come out of retirement or defined contribution accounts, which means I was all, it's all going to be taxed at the ordinary tax rates, right? Whereas if I actually started doing taxable investing, that's all going to be taxed at either qualified dividend or capital gains rates, which is significantly lower than ordinary um, taxes. And so I want to I want to diversify my taxes. So then I became more passionate about stock investing, right? Because I had a desire to actually diversify my tax profile um, in retirement. Okay, so just so people who are listening that aren't necessarily from this city, we have the option to invest in a four hundred one k or a and or a four fifty seven b. But then some folks like yourself, Alan, have then gone and done like a. a individual retirement account outside of the city is that am I no, no just a just a straight up brokerage account just a brokerage account just a brokerage account right and do taxable investing got it so and i and i, I pay i pay rate i pay capital gains tax um on that account mm -hmm. um if, so if, if, I'm, if i'm if i if i earn capital gains sure sure and right. and we could have a whole nother discussion about trying to harvest some um capital losses based right. on how the stock market has performed recently but Maybe we'll save that for another time. Um, if, if I'm a firefighter and I have a pension, so we have a tiered system here in San Diego, but if I'm one of the people that has right. a pension, what, what's your, and I know this isn't just your opinion, so I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but what do you think will be there for, for folks um, with a pension at the end of their career? Is that something that they're likely to be able to rely on or should they be um, investigating other, other opportunities? So, so yeah, great question, right? So the short answer is yes, it will be there, right? Um, whether you're in the pension system because you were hired in the San Diego Fire Department before July 1, 2005, or whether you're, uh, I'm sorry, uh, July 20, 2012, um, or, or Prop B after 2012, and you're in the, the, the defined contribution plan, um, that money will be there, right? You will have that money. The question is, will it be enough? Will it be enough for you to rely upon to live comfortably in retirement. Um, and, and so I guess the, the easy answer to that is, no, I don't think it will be enough um, for us to live on uh, comfortably alone. And I don't think that's ever been the case. And so that's why, at least in our fire department, you really get a lot of pressure from um, your peers in the fire department to do 
to fill up your contribution accounts, your 401k and your 457, in addition to those things um, to help supplement that. Yeah. And then what we have in the San Diego Fire Department now is we're contributing to the Retiree Health Trust. And, uh, and most people don't understand this. And this is something that really pained me a lot when I was union president, even on the retirement board, was how many of our members were going into retirement without understanding the cost of their health care in retirement. And it's significant. Yeah. And people need to look at that. Um, the, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a legitimate concern for people is the runaway costs of healthcare and um, where that could really, really destroy people um, right. as they're in their golden years trying to enjoy the, the time that they earn um, from right. the fire department. And it's, it's funny it, you mentioned the pressure that we have on our job of, of people saying, hey, you got to contribute to the 401k, you got to do some um, deferred comp. There are so many of us that um, that credit the old timer Benson for mm-hmm. sitting us all down. Benson was a guy that you'd come through his mm-hmm. station and he'd, if you were new, he'd sit you down and he'd say, "Hey, listen, you got to invest in four hundred one k and deferred comp." And at the time when I was brand new on the job, I didn't really know what any of that stuff was. I didn't know why, but right. he was a senior member, and I thought, well, if he's telling me to do it, I better do it. And so that's what I did. And and yeah. part of that tradition is what this this whole firehouse is about is is continuing to push that information out so that guys aren't looking around in 20 years going well now what i have this yeah. uh, this incredible expense from healthcare or from just the cost of living and right. um, with nowhere to turn so um I, that definitely hits home with me um and uh, kind of along those lines and and we did touch on investing in a 401k or, or deferred comp or something like that but sort of on a macro level, what would be one piece of advice you would offer somebody watching this or listening to this if they're trying to, if they're interested in financial literacy, if they're interested in learning more about some of this stuff? Wow. Well, I'd say that's a, that's another, another great question. Um, I would say, I would say one of the biggest mistakes I see firefighters making when it comes to investing is just copying some of the things that the guy in the seat next to him did. Right, or trying to say hey, this is what you're. Doing. I want to do that too. I want to do what you're doing. I'm going to invest what you're investing. In. I want to do this, and, and and sometimes that works, and some a lot of times it doesn't work. And so, what I really encourage people to do is to sit down and do their own financial plan. Right, uh, we all came from different places, and we're all going to go through the fire department together. But we all, some of us came in um, with a lot of assets and have a different risk profile and some of us came with very little assets and, and everything we have we got through the fire department so it's hard to just copy what somebody else has done people have looked at me uh, and i'm flattered by it because they say hey i want to do what you do i want to retire when you retire i want to follow you but you can't do what i do i had a different life than you live right i had different things occur in my life both good and bad and so unless you're going to have all those things occur in your life too you can't follow my same financial plan. Um, so, so number one, come up with your own plan and it's your plan and don't let anybody else be critical of your plan except you. Right. And then as you, as you grow your plan, as you move through your plan and you start accumulating assets, um, don't compare your success. Don't judge your own success based on the success that others have had. Right. It's really easy to sit on the fire engine. That was me. I'm riding the fire engine with, with another firefighter and somehow he's got a boat and an RV and a bigger house than I do. And I don't. And I, and I, I start chasing 
chasing the things and started investing in things and trying to live his life um, because I, I'm, I'm envious of the assets that he has and that he's accumulated, but, but he started a different place or he had different ways of accomplishing it. So don't be influenced that. And I guess there's a saying that I, I throw along there um, and I, I guess I embrace it over there. I just, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, comparison is the thief of joy, right? So if, if, if you're constantly comparing yourself or your life to others and trying to cite judging your own value based on what something that somebody else has, you're never going to be happy. Right? Oh, I just love that. Comparison is the thief of joy. That's, that's one that we could all, all uh, really embrace. And, and I think it's in the same realm of, of the saying that personal finance is just that it's personal. Personal. Exactly. No, no two people are going to have the same investment goals, investment horizon, or the, the backstop to, to help them get there. So I, I think that's just perfect. And um, exactly. And so one, one more thing I think is important for firefighters, Kyle, is, is before you start going down the road of investing and taking a lot of risks, you need to protect yourself and your family. and You need to have an emergency fund. Um, it's really easy to say we're firefighters and we'll always have a job. We'll always have a paycheck. Um, but that's not always the case, right? If you're relying on overtime, overtime could diminish quickly, as we've seen in the San Diego Fire Department, or your spouse could lose a job, or, or, or some expense may hit you that you're not ready for. And so before you start taking risks on investing, um, you should make sure that you're, you and your family are protected by having that it's three to six months uh, of, of backstop um, so that uh, if something bad happened, and as firefighters, we should be able to figure out what that is, right? And the various ways that bad things can happen um, so that you're not wiped out. And I think what, what, what's really painful right now is to watch all these people during this pandemic and you can see who doesn't have an emergency fund. Right. And I get that if you have a low wage job, it's really, really hard to build one. And that's unfortunate. But um, you, you see the people that get in trouble really quickly, right? They're living paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. firefighters have the ability to not do that and so i would really encourage people to do this build that emergency fund before you really start taking any risks with your money um, yeah that's that's in, great in the stock market yeah, yeah. no I, I think that's that's 100 true is build up that emergency fund for the three to six months of living expenses and also pay down some of that um debt that you might have like the consumer debt on a credit card before you start investing because you might be paying 18 19 percent on your yeah. credit card I mean, that's going to yeah. be pretty dang hard to, to um, find investing in the stock market or real estate or anything else. So pay down your debt, build up the emergency fund, and then you can start going. That's a, that's a, like one of the exactly. tenets of the Dave Ramsey uh, yes. school of thought with, with personal finance, which I think is just right on the money. So yeah, thanks for sharing. Yeah. With that, I think we got knocked down on your first alarm. Oh, outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. You, did, you did amazing. Yeah. You did amazing. Yeah. I've had a couple of knockdowns over the years. Yeah, it looks good. like 32, good, good, years, 32 years did you well. Yeah, glad I got another one. That's right, that's right. <laughs> a couple of them got away from me. I'm not going to lie about that. Well, that's okay. You know, nothing worse than putting out a structure fire and then going back six or seven hours later in the middle of the night. Getting the another fire. <laughs> that's not a very good feeling as a captain. Yeah. I've been there. Right on. Well, hey, um, listen, I, I want to I just say thank you for, uh, again, meeting me here in the bullpen. If people are looking to learn more about you or connect with you, where can they find you? Yeah, so I'm, I'm easily found on Facebook. I have a Facebook account, follow account. I'm actually on Instagram, although I don't do a whole lot of Instagramming, but I'm there too. So if people want to reach out to me, um, they're more than welcome to reach out to me through social media. And then for those that work for the San Diego Fire Department, they all know how to get a hold of me, right? 
sales staff for, for PCDC. So, awesome. So Perfect. thanks for having me, Kyle. This right was awesome. Now. Really appreciate it. Thanks for your time. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks again to Alan for meeting me here in the bullpen today. When you've been through as many economic cycles as he has, you learn a lot about how to manage your downside risk while looking for opportunities along the way. Uh, his advice about not buying depreciating assets while also building up an emergency fund is just spot on for us because as he rightfully points out, we are not uh, recession proof. If you'd like to learn more about Alan, he's on Facebook and Instagram at Alan Arrolado. That's A-L-A-N-A-R-R-O-L-L-A-D-O. If you'd like to learn more about us, we're on Facebook at The Firehouse. That's f.i.r.ehouse. On Instagram, the underscore fire underscore house. On LinkedIn, The Firehouse Investors, or any place you find podcasts. If you learned something today and you want to hear more, please like, share, and subscribe. But no matter what you do, take this information, go out there, and get some. Station F.